Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Off the Post. I'm Russ Cullen. We've got Anthony Mangione. And how are you? Morning, Russell. How are you? Pretty good. Still waking up. You know how it goes on a Saturday morning. Uh... And we have Michael Jello. Mike, how are you? Good morning, Russ. Condolences on your great Jets draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, there'll be more to come on that. Uh, probably doing a show later with uh, Noel Fogelman. We, uh, we may just do a little Jets rehab podcast. So stay tuned for that. And we have Bill Meltzer from Flyers.com, Hockey Buzz, many different outlets, big wrestling fan. How are you, Bill? I'm doing well in this 300-month 300-day month. (laughs) (laughs) Days are really long. That's all I could say. All right. So let's let's get down to – we'll do the Flyers business first because I think that will be quicker. I know, Bill, um, you've you've written about uh, Linus Sandin. My two cents on him is I think think he could be a 3C. I don't know if he's a 4C type, so I think he's sort of like a 3C or bust because – I don't know if he has any kind of toughness at all. I don't know enough about him. I've seen certainly a de- decent amount of footage. His skating's okay, but he has great hands, and, and he does seem to be really smart defensively. So he's got probably enough of the tools. My whole thing is I don't want fans to get too carried away because it's not like the same as bringing in Tyler Pitlick. You bring in Tyler Pitlick, you know he can play and play a role. You bring in this guy, you're hoping. But what's your take, Bill? Yeah, uh, I do think that, you know, if you, well, I, I think he would be brought in for the NHL roster. I, I think he would play wing instead of center. He's played mainly right. wing okay. in, in Sweden this season. Um, guy who played a lot of situations over you know, over there, played power play, played some penalty kill. Um, I don't think he would necessarily step right on to special teams in the NHL. I think they'd want to acclimate him a little bit first. Maybe as, yeah. you know, as the season would go along, he, he could be uh, a guy you would see you know, I, I would think maybe a little bit of penalty kill work, maybe some secondary power play. I, I think he would start, you know, certainly in the bottom six of the lineup, as you said. Um, stylistically, um, you know, he's he's a little bit there's a little bit of Oscar Lindblom style in him. I don't think he I don't think he's as talented as Lindblom is. Um, no. A similarity though is that uh, Oscar had pretty patchy skating when he, when he was drafted, and he worked to improve it. Uh, same thing with Sandine. Um, he, he's worked a lot on his skating to where it's um, you know he's never gonna he's never gonna be a speed demon, but um, no. but he gets from point A to point B. It's okay, as, as you said. Um, you know he, he has the potential to be a, a Michael Raffle type in terms of a guy who's versatile. You, you can plug him in different spots in the lineup as, as you need to. Um, if the Flyers are unable to to resign Tyler Pitlick, um, you know I, as you said also with Pitlick, I mean Pitlick is a significantly he's he's above he's an above average skater. And you yeah. know you you know you're going to get your twenty something points out of him as long as he's healthy. Um, I mean it's a guarantee. I mean, like you do, yeah. he, that's yeah. his track record right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
you know, if you're unable to sign him for cap reasons, because it, it looks like the cap's going to be, be flat and teams only have so many dollars to go around, he might be a guy that you, you could try in that kind, in kind of a role. And then, then from there, you don't know. I mean, he, he's an unknown. He's uh, about to turn 24 years old, so he's not an old player, but he's not, he's not a kid either. So, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a late bloomer. Um, you know, he's not. I, although he's although he's Rasmus Sandin's brother, there's you know they play different positions, different styles of play. Other than the you know other than the family relationship, you're talking about two different kinds of hockey players. Um, I do think he would fit right in on the team, uh, as a rep as being a you know pretty pretty good guy, a hard worker, and he knows uh, Robert Haig very well because uh, from the same hometown, they played junior hockey together, they work out together during the off seasons. Uh, Haig probably sold the Flyers a little bit to him as well so you know that he's the guy who i think could play a role in this team he's not an individually difference making type though right and what's your feeling i also i mean pretty much reflecting what bill had stated before i remember just looking at him it was you know body type reminded me a bit a bit of limblom but stylistically as bill stated more of a raffle type although not as, as bill stated not as as versatile where he would be playing uh, whereas Raffle pretty much is your is the Flyers' Swiss Army knife uh, in the bottom six, and even sometimes, even on occasion, has done so obviously in the top it, it, on a top line as well. Um, I look at it also from the point of view of going forward, but you know, expansion draft coming in, you know, it, pretty soon is that Philadelphia is trying to, you know, also get as much depth potentially forward depth as possible to cushion the potential blow of, of a Seattle of the Seattle expansion draft as well. It's not necessarily completely clean on that, but I would say any, and to me, this was almost like, again, signing a college, this was like signing a college free agent as well. You know, you're, you're getting a player who's already physically built mentally already sort of, you don't have to worry about, you know, a mental development at this point. It's just a matter of transition uh, to playing here in North America. But I think, all in all, you certainly you take you, you know you, you take a flyer on him, so to speak, and 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 see where things go, and if he fits in well in terms of you know stylistically for Philadelphia, then that's that I believe that, again that that'll work to their advantage. I wouldn't get overexcited, uh, you know, but I think it's it's a it's a it's a it's a worthy you know in terms of the risk you know the the potential risk reward in terms of it being relatively limited, but giving you giving Philadelphia some some cushion there in their lineup. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't see a problem with the signing. Um, I would urge people, go out and check out, there's a video, it's Linus Sandin versus Rasmus Sandin, and it's, it's interesting, Mike, because, you know, that's where you can see that Linus has good hands, but that's where you could also see where Rasmus just, like, you can't take points away from Linus because he can't get past his brother, because his brother's a pretty right. damn good defenseman. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's funny it's, uh, that a couple years ago after uh, Rasmus was drafted by the Leafs, it was 50-50 going into the next season whether he was going to stay with Rogel or come over and, and play with the Marlies, and he ended up coming over and playing in the AHL. So there was, there was motivation to keep the brothers together. Uh, that being said, and, and, and there was never a hint of Toronto being interested, and we know how they have dipped into the European market with KHL players and players from the SHL and the SM Liga, but they're so loaded on the right side, and I believe he translates more to being a right winger in the, at the NHL level. So uh, not to say that he can't be a contributor. I think he, he's a decent signing, a depth signing, a guy who can be a bottom six forward. So when you can get those guys on an entry-level contract, why the hell not? Yeah, exactly. All right, so we, um, we move on. Let's, let's talk about 
whether or not there'll be a season and just what our thoughts are now because even though we may have brought it up on the show before, I don't know about you guys, but it changes for me week to week now. It's kind of like I don't want to say I'm mental about it, but I'll just every time we get more information, I always seem to reprocess it and then decide, okay, this is what I think is going to happen. And baseball is the only sport that I processed it and decided it's never going to happen. Um, but, but for this sport, and I'll go with Bill first, I think July 1st seems to be the start date. The only thing I worry about is I don't even worry about this season. I think they can get this season in. I think all of that's fine. Just don't put it in big cities because I think it's going to be a mistake. But I think that will work out. I think the problem is when you go to start up the next season, you have to have a break or something planned in December in case we get the blowback again of this virus, which seems every, every expert seems like saying it's going to happen. It happened back in the old days of 1917. So that's the only thing I would say. I hope they build that in. So if that does happen, it doesn't throw the whole season in chaos again. But what's, what's your feeling? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, I, I don't have a, you know, I, I'm not that skeptical in terms of being able to get a, a get the playoffs in. I'm, still pretty skeptical about being able to finish the regular season at least Me too. 82 games. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, that that uh, that doesn't seem workable. And the, one of the things that really worries me on the, the front end here, and they were saying, okay, we, you know, about a three-week training camp, which is, which is what you're going to need. Um, because it's not so much the physical fitness conditioning, it's the, the hockey, you know, being game ready. Having your, having your hockey legs and your hockey lungs. And, um, you know, what you have in the training camp setting, and it's been a, been a pretty long, almost an off-season kind of thing here, where, uh, you know, usually, usually after a season, um, you know, guys who, have, who need surgeries or whatever, they get that taken care of pretty quickly. You don't have an opportunity to do that here. Guys just got to play through whatever, whatever nagging thing they've been, been dealing with, and that's, that's kind of the norm. But when you get to training camp, guys have usually been skating already for, you know, some, some cases a full month. Um, you're going to go from, you know, you're going to have guys who have little to no skating before they get into camp. Um, even, even in an ideal situation, just the competitiveness of camp and the pacing of it, you know, you, you tend to get a lot of groin pulls early um, mm-hmm. in camp and at the start of the season oh, yeah. and other soft tissue injuries too. Usually that's where your sports hernias tend to pop up kind of early in the season. Uh, you know, that, that worries me. And I, and some people I've spoken to have said that that's a legitimate concern. They have, they have to ramp up camp and in a way where you're not pushing too hard, too fast. Cause once you, once you get into the uh, stretch drive in the playoffs, you know, it, it, it's uh, all out every game, hundred miles an hour. I mean, you're going to have some sloppy games early on as teams yep. are getting their timing back. But um, you know, so that, that concerns me just from the, the standpoint of keeping players safe, not even just from the, the COVID-19, but just from injury prevention. Um, you mentioned the, the short off season. That's a, that's another concern. Um, yep. You know, the, the the more you try to get in regular season games beforehand, you know, the uh, the, the shorter the window of the off season will be, which is not fair to free agents, not fair to players who have to rehab before the start of a season. You know, and, and also the, the prospect, and as you said, with a, even beyond just uh, the potential return of, of COVID-19 in the in the fall and, and in the, you know, in the winter months, um, just, just the fact that if you – and really late in the summer, by the time next season will be done, guys will have played, what, uh, 10 out of 12 months by the time the next Stanley Cup is awarded. That's, 
that's uh, yeah. that's pretty tough. That that's an awfully long marathon, and especially if you're getting rid of bye weeks and those kind of things to try to compact the yeah. schedule a little bit. That 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 concerns me as well. I I think it is doable. Um, you know the other the other one piece to it as well though is that if you're going to try to finish the regular season, my my final thought on on that is that. To bring teams back for a, a training camp and then to finish games, well, for the teams in the thick of a, a playoff race, you know, that that are on the the bubble there, um, you know, that makes all the sense in the world for them. But what about a team like Detroit? That uh, I know, you're, you're really I, bring, I feel that way bring, too. Yeah, yeah, you're going to bring Detroit back to go through a three-week camp just to play a few for them completely meaningless games. It's just determining. Well, actually, actually, they already locked for the best lottery odds if they were to finish the season and have, right. have, a, have a draft later in the summer. You know, what motivation is there? Is, is it is it fair to those teams? So I, I think that, um, you know, I, I just I'm skeptical about finishing the regular season, but I but I do have a, a fair degree of comfort about being able to get a playoff then. Yep. Yeah, I would concur. In terms of it's to me, starting going to Bill's point with regards to to camp, it's almost like olden days where, you know, players would be like sort of relaxed in the off season and would be using training <laughs> camp to get their legs back yeah. together, you know, just, just to get to, where training camp used to be getting yourself back sort of in tone and in shape. Now, a lot of the players are doing, doing what they can, I think, physically in terms of whatever, whatever is available to them for working out, exercise, keeping themselves in, in shape. But, you know, you don't really have the oversight isn't quite there as, as you normally would have during the season. I mean, you, you can contact and say, hey, what, you know, what is it that you're working on? What, you know, what your plan is. Um, and, and, and that, and, and with that, that, that's certainly a, 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 an important part. And again, a lot of those players who are already within the season don't want to lose their edge, but it's going to be tough. Um, I'm in the same boat with regards to the regular season. Again, the only reason why you're playing this at is it, it becomes the it comes the hockey related revenue aspect of things and what right, exact right. revenue is going to really be drawn in Detroit for fans. I mean, you, the diehards will probably show up. You know, who just well. want to get those last few games in just to say, oh, we had hockey. So you know, but even then, you're not going to be able to do that with fans because for the most part, it's probably these games are going to be happening with no fans anyway. So how it much, might just be advertising based. Maybe they get some extra advertising. new to begin with, anyway, that you're yep. sharing and just based off of yep. your, whatever your individual contract is. So to me, I, I'm going to hold to probably my belief in that they're they're if they had an expanded playoff field of 20, you know, 20 in the 20 plus you know team range. I think is probably the best way of going about this, and that that's my belief. And this is that you have a training camp, you set up short play-in game, maybe individual playing games and the best of three for those who win those initial games. And then yep, you kind of I break like in, in, into, into a legitimate playoff round where you get into a best of seven with the normal number of teams that you would have there. Mike? Yeah, I mean, the difficulty with, the, with playing out the regular season is – you know, right now the plan is, you know, neutral, neutral sites in NHL cities. And, okay, they're not going to allow traveling from one city to another. So if Detroit is in one city and, and say, uh, Toronto or Boston or another city, they, that means what, what are you going to put, eight teams in, in one city and play all these games like three, four a day to get the, to get the regular season in at, at odd times? I mean, that, that may sa- satisfy these TV contracts uh, and the 
advertising, but I mean it's sort of pushing pushing things through for uh, for a reason that I don't think is really that great. And you know, for teams that are in the playoffs, it opens up their players for injury. So I I, I don't know how feasible it is. I, I think it can be solved by the expanded playoff. Those teams that were one or two points out of a playoff spot, put them in and have a best has a, have a best two out of three against you know the, the the two wild cards in each conference. Go to twenty teams and it's solved. But I think that it's more the motivation of they want to finish out the TV contracts, the regional TV contracts, and get the money for the advertising. And that's the overriding uh, thing for the NHL right now. Yeah. All right. So that's what we feel about the regular season. Now let's talk about the draft. So, and I've gotten a lot of different input from different people over, about that over the last week, week and a half. And, you know, it's interesting. My conclusion is they really should have it. You could come up with positives and negatives all day long but you can tailor it to where you have it, and then you don't have a problem with all these expiring contracts. You don't have a problem where scouts aren't even going to be able to see this through. You don't have a problem where – and I think this is another part that doesn't even get talked about. How screwed up will the player development be if all of a sudden there's a draft in October and you draft a guy and you're like, you don't really want that guy to go to the college he's going to, but you really don't have a choice now because he's locked in where if you had him at least in June, you could talk to him and say, hey, you know what, when things start up, we'd rather you play in the OHL than go back to this college because we don't like the program here, we like to coach at this team here, why don't you go here? Those kinds of things happen all the time. The only issue, again, I think someone brought this up in terms of how they handle the compensatory picks, Ross, in terms of where things are, where teams finish up, if you've made a trade and it was based off of where – you know, your team finishes, that's where I think so much of the complication is coming from, from having a, a June, you know, having a draft in, in the summer or in June. And that, that's, I think that's a, well, that's a legitimate bone of contention. Sure. No, no, it is. But, I mean, and it's not going to be perfect. But that's where if you roll it back to 68, how bad is that really going to be? I mean, if you look at it, yeah, it's going to affect a couple of teams for a couple slots. Nothing major. It's not like somebody's jumping from first to last or last to first. So by rolling back to 68 games and then rolling back to 68, and... going by winning percentage, and then reweighting the draft. It's not going to be weighted the same way. You have to weight it differently. I think that is a fair way of doing it because then everybody's got the same amount of games. We don't have to worry about because really, if you're the other thing, and Bill was sort of alluding to it, and Drew Doughty pretty much said it. You bring these other teams back. How much? How many games are they going to win? I know the Kings were good down the stretch, but that was when there was no interruption. You bring the Kings back now, they got nothing to play for. And just because you're finishing out the 82 for the draft, you might be skewing the results more for that because I think you've got more teams that would tank now coming back and just sort of go through the motions because, yeah, they're collecting the revenue than actually when they were engaged in a regular season. But that's, that's just me. Bill, what's your feeling? Yeah, I think that, as you said, I mean, you'd have to go with something where you're waiting a lottery based on regular season games played, roll back to 68 or, or whatever, because everybody's played at least 68. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you would for this year alone, you'd have to eliminate the component about the second half of the first round being based on how far teams go in right. the postseason, because it would obviously be before the postseason. Um, 
Mike and I were talking a little bit before we went on the air um, about, okay, well, the, the combine, you know, the combine was, was postponed, but really kind of canceled because you're not going to be able to get a combine in um, no. if you're doing any kind of a June draft. Um, you add into that fact, though, that, uh, you know, there were no CHL playoffs. There was no Frozen Four this year. There were no European League playoffs. They were, those were all canceled. There's no under-18 World Championships. Right. Um, one of the big values of the combine, uh, Chuck Fletcher, Flyers general manager, actually said this in, in an interview I did with him. Uh, one of the big values of the combine uh, is the medical information they get on the, yeah. the comprehensive physicals that the players take. You know, you, you can work around the physical testing. You can, you know, schedule some kind of virtual uh, virtual interview with somebody. That, yeah. That's all doable with technology today. Um, the you know, the, phys- the, the physicals that they get, the medical information is really – uh, a lot of what they value and can can alter you know can alter how you prioritize your your final selections. Uh, otherwise, otherwise you know every team is in the same boat about going essentially going through three quarters of a season or or eighty percent or ninety percent of of season of data. So they have you know they they've seen the players they want to take a look at, but not having playoffs, not having had uh, you know. Like I said, Frozen Four or, or the Under 18 yeah. Worlds, all, all these things that they use to fill in some of those remaining gaps and determine their final order. I mean, everyone's in the same boat, but it it certainly complicates the process here. Um, uh, you know, all that all that being said, I mean, if they're if they're determined to go ahead, I mean, maybe they just roll back the uh, conditions a year. I don't know. I mean, then you but some teams are counting on those picks this year. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there, there'd be a lot to figure out in a short period of time. I, I suppose it's doable when there's a will, there's a way. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's far from ideal. Um, and this is, you know, this is a, a decent draft this year. It's not the yep. deepest ever, but it's, uh, you know, not, not a bad draft class this year. Um, one of the big, one of the big uh, final, final thing here is that, you know, one of the, the big gaps that they try to fill in um, heading into a draft, and again, everybody's in the same boat, it, it's not as much necessarily your final rankings. Is this player ranked 12th? Is this player ranked 15th? Whatever those, that fine-tuning that goes on. It's where you're determining, okay, where are the drop-off points, right? You have your, you have your top four or five guys in a draft. Okay, then there's, there's a drop to the next group. Now, is that, is, that, is that group another 10 players, another 15 players, another 30 players? Who are all pretty pretty close together, you know that that's a lot of times where you get find that separation down down the stretch and in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that that kind of cues general managers into okay, can I afford to trade down and and acquire mm-hmm. an extra asset? Do I need to trade up to get someone in in our group? You know they're going to be flying a little bit blind in in some of those things that determine moves that are made on on the draft four. So that's uh, you know it, it would play into how picks work out. But again, you, you have 31 teams that'd be looking in the same situation. Yeah, and at least you would have the personnel there. The, the worry is you don't have a lot of personnel there in October. Mike, before I let you go, the one thing I would say quickly is I get about the medicals, but like, you know, 30, 40 years ago, they didn't get medicals on anybody. I remember Dr. James Nicholas was just feeling around Joe Namath's knee before he got drafted, and he goes, yeah, there's something there. You're going to have a problem at some point, and he did, right? But he still played a full career limping around or not. It's not going to be that bad because teams could call team doc. Well, they I don't know, Bill. Do they have team doctors over in Sweden? I imagine they do, right? They do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they can call those yeah. guys and just at least 
get basic info. I mean, end of the day, everybody's going to be on the same playing field. Yeah, and if all else fails, they can just call John Chaika and ask him about the illegal medical <laughs> things that they did. Um, but, uh, but you know, that being said, I think, you know, if they don't roll back to 68 games, you know, there might be a way of addressing conditional picks in terms of, you know, adding compensatory picks to, you know, giving a team, uh, you know, a draft pick at the end of the second round, end of the third round to sort of balance things out. But, you know, compensatory picks or conditional picks are based on, a team going so far in the playoffs. And when you have a situation, say, for example, like Carolina having Toronto's first-round pick and Toronto retaining it if it's, if it's a, pick, uh, not in the t- a pick in the top ten, well, okay, you know, right now they're in the playoffs, so then that you would say, okay, that Carolina's going to get that pick. But, you know, if they play out the rest of the regular season after, uh, you know, they, they do the lottery – um, and they fall out of the playoffs, then Toronto wouldn't or would be keeping that pick. So it, it, it's there's got to be a formula for them to address this if they don't roll back to 68 games and take the cues from that. All right, and Ant, before I let you go, it looks like last mm-hmm. night John Scott posts, and is that John Scott? Just got word yep. from the NHL: cancel begin June 1st. European players are coming back soon. Um, you know, no offense to John, but. I'd like to hear it from Insider John Scott now. Yeah, I I I would like to hear it from a better source. Insider considering the league was desperate not to have him play in that All Star game. Right. He's an insider. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, I'm sure what he means by that is. At least it wasn't Mike Commodore. Yeah, I just, but again, yeah, it just, it makes me laugh because it's all of a sudden like John Scott's got the inside word and exact date and he knows about the European players too. Like that's, <laughs> that's a little bit much. John's that's a little been bit. Quiet. He's been developing his network without us knowing, you know? That's true. Yeah. It's Scott yeah. Insider Network. S-I-N. Sin. Well, maybe, <laughs> and maybe you're right. Maybe he's working with, maybe he's working with Hockey Insider or maybe he is the Hockey Insider. Insider. <laughs> it's, it's an it's an S five. I mean, all I can say is I haven't heard from the from the insider guy in a long time, and I don't. Miss Alexander Dag is busy. You know that. Come on. <laughs> but here's the other thing. One last thing. Um, we are starting to get medicals from teams, and this seems kind of silly too. Like it says. Steve Stamkos is expected to be recovered from the core muscle surgery and ready to play. Well, of course he is. We're, we're, we're like three months down the road. There's almost no surgery that a guy was going to get that can't gotta come back hope. at this point. Got to sell hope. Come on, Russ. You know you got to sell hope. <laughs> I mean, got to sell hope. Fine. <laughs> yeah, Russ, the only, the, only, the only person who is not going to be recovered from an injury after this pandemic is Aaron Judge, apparently. <laughs> right. That's true. I mean, but that, yeah, only because it happened recently, like really recently. Like Stamkos, I want to say that was January, right? No, it was early March. March. It was March? Okay. I didn't realize it was that late. Well, he's going to be recovered because, again, this is where we're at. and Just in in time to beat the Leafs, right? Well, I mean, Mike, 
let's be real. <laughs> yes, At this point, even in a new season, you know the Leafs still aren't going to win. I think you've come to grips with that. I mean, I think at least you should have. I'm the le- I'm the I'd be the least surprised if they lose. I mean, if they lose to Boston or they lose to Tampa, they're going to lose because they have a defense that is just 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 did not come up to what the expectations were from well, first Babcock and now Keith and and Kyle Dubas. Yeah, they're they're a fatally flawed team with a blue line uh, that is not good good enough, and it's going to take them at least a couple years to address that. And it's just just a question of if they use up most of the term of Marner, Tavares and Matthews before they actually get a defense that's capable of winning. Yeah, that's true. Bill, last thing from you, you know when I'll get excited? When somebody leaks a picture that they're actually creating ice again in some of these arenas, right? Because, you know, right now nobody has ice. And so that takes a little while. When I see that, then maybe that's when I'll start believing more. Oh, I, no, I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, I, if we are playing games in, in uh, just a couple of designated venues as to, you know, and I would assume, I would assume that if there are going to be regular season games, you know, just be finishing up your, your in-division games just because, you yeah. know, what, what do you do about teams that still have interconference games left? Like, like Philadelphia hasn't even right. played Nashville this year, right? Right. Yeah. Um, if, if they're doing – they propose three games a day at these venues, and you're talk, talking about the weather getting hot anyway. You know, they said the ice isn't a concern. Well, I, I, I can see that if you're doing one game a day, doing three games a day in, in hot weather, boy, that, that, that's going to make for some pretty sloppy, uh, some pretty sloppy games. But I mean, I guess I guess just to get the games in. But uh, but I but I agree with you. That I'll believe it when the the ice surfaces are made. When they yep. said okay, you know, facilities are ready to go. We have accommodations. We have uh, you know practice time set and. All the rest of that. Once all those, once all those moving parts, they say, okay, the, we have a plan here. That, that's when I'll believe it. Yep. All right. And that's going to be all it right. for uh, – what, you got something, man? Nope, that's it. Okay, <laughs> that's it for Off the Post. <laughs> we'll catch everybody next time. It's official. Take, take care, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.